Welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a painter, a comedian, and a musician talk about old albums for some reason. I'm Nick. Uh, I'm Caleb. I'm Chris. And I, I like how you lead off with painter, which is the least relevant. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you can't see is that comedian is in quotation marks. <laughs> we have our first guest. Hey! Oh, we have actor, musician, composer, and a co-writer of this song. <laughs> that is very true. Van Hughes. Van Hughes. Van Hughes. You got the rights awesome. to this song? <laughs> I emailed a guy. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Should Excited we, to have you. Should we do some credits, some of Van's credits? Yeah. Yeah, what have you been in, Van? Yeah, who list? am I? <laughs> how, how, how relevant am I to this room? All right, so I'm pulling up your IMDb. What do you think the, the top four known for projects would be? For um, yourself. Sex in the City, probably number one. Sex in the City. Nice. What about number two? Sex in the City, two. No, that's no. number two. <laughs> uh, number three. I'm gonna, I'm Rachel gonna, getting married. Rachel getting married there is number go. three. There we go. You you follow your own career pretty closely. You well, know you know you. I'm trying to think of what's, what's relevant. And number four, I'm not gonna make one life to live. Yeah, that's four. I was gonna guess. Yeah. I was oh, gonna yeah. guess that. Oh, yeah. really? Because mm-hmm. I, I love that story you've got of uh, showing up like the day of when they weren't you cast like the yeah, day of, and you're like, oh right. shit, I gotta be on a soap opera go. like right now. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> it says here in trivia that you're currently starring in Hairspray on Broadway. Is that true? That was um, <laughs> ten years ago. <laughs> Over ten years ago, <laughs> we should say that you you know you've performed on Broadway quite a bit. American Idiot's probably the the most prominent, or yeah, I would say that. Or um, Spring, Spring Awakening, Awakening. the yeah. Death West. Spring Awakening was a big hit, and also the most recent. Okay, but yeah, I love I love the Broadway. I love the live performance. The Broadway, the Broadway. The show's yeah, going out live too, so yeah. you're really gonna shine. Because it's live. It's live. It's live. <laughs> Listeners, call in. <laughs> yeah, so what is this uh, What is this podcast, guys? Uh, we, okay. we don't know. Yeah, no, we should. This is the time. Nick, you should. Track what, what is the, the album that we're listening to tonight? Uh, the album that Van chose This for is us. Van's pick, so I'll, I'll let him introduce. Oh. <laughs> What's this album? So I was to told you? to pick a, um, a soundtrack that meant something to me. Um, and so I picked the Wayne's World 2 soundtrack. <laughs> so this is which, the soundtrack that you owned. And yeah, this, and the reason why it's it's important to me was because it was one of, I don't know, 20 CDs I had in my car in high yeah. school. And um, I, I don't know if we have any pre-internet babies out there, but um, there was a time where you just kind of recycled the old music that you had and you didn't... That was exactly you know, what I was thinking of when, when, we were, when we were thinking of this podcast. Like, My White Whale is doing one on uh, on Batman Forever, which is that CD that you just like listen to the entire thing for no reason yeah. over and over. And so there's like the weird Offspring song that you haven't heard in like 25 years, but you probably listened to a hundred times. Exactly. The, these soundtracks have hidden B-side <laughs> gems on them. Oh, sense memory. <laughs> gonna come back yeah it's a it's a pavlov's bell it makes you like smell the old turkey sandwiches that you ate in that car 
so this is we at the end of the album we actually give a little bit of a review person by person on like rating the album yeah and this one i'm gonna rate on a little bit of a negative curve because it's not much original music it's more of kind of classics interesting Um, okay but what are we gonna lead off with the first song yeah, the first track on the Wayne's World 2 soundtrack is Louie Louie by, Ro- by Robert Plant. A classic. Plant. Who could forget? It's a classic, yet... Like, what is this version? Yeah, what is this cover? Uh, I bet I he mean, doesn't remember voice, doing this. His voice is incredibly out of tune at times, and it pleases me a lot. And this is a man who has ripped off every song that he ever wrote. And this is, like, the only one that he decided just to cover... Oh, thanks, Robert. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has no recollection of doing this. It sounds like a demo recording for like um, some kind of new software, music software. (laughs) Yeah, like processor. Yes, HP. HP inside. It's like there are certain seminal rock songs that are all about the way they were done. It's not a great song because of the lyrics. It's like, you know, Louie Louie was that, like, garage rock, the first garage rock, the fuzzy guitar, and it was, like, yeah. proto-punk. And to hear somebody do it with none of that, it's like, they're just doing the song just, in, like, a florid, like, lane. Yeah, and that is what arena rock is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like ignoring just, all the lessons, everything that was good about Louie Louie. Anything that's good about rock and roll music. <laughs> I don't even think that song was in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's just on the soundtrack. I, I feel like it, that was them cruising around in their car. I feel like that's when that was driving. Maybe song? that was like a montagey sort of like, you know, them collecting, I don't know, flyers for their concert for Wayne Stock. <laughs> for Wayne Stock. So, is it a thing where they couldn't get the original song, and it's, it's somehow easier to get the no terrible way. cover? No way. They wanted to like they wanted <laughs> to rock it up. <laughs> There's Wait. only one of these soundtracks left in stock on Amazon right now. What oh, year was it released? Um, I believe it was 93. I think it was 93, 93 so I would have been I'm gonna 12. Say, I'm going to yeah. say 90. I think it was after that. I think it was 96. 95. Two soundtrack? Yeah. Mm. Let's see. There's a famous uh, or kind of famous live version of Louis Louis done by Joy Division. December that's, 14th, 93. What? What? Dude, what? Insane. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Average okay, customer sorry. review, four and a half stars. Wow. Huh. What do people have to say about this? Help him. Had all the songs on the movie. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> old tunes here. It did its Good old 80s rock. Job. <laughs> it met the qualifications of a soundtrack. It had the songs from the film. Plays in my car and in my home stereo. <laughs> Oh, wow. uh, J- James J. Gross uh, has said some great old 80 songs in this CD. You will, <laughs> you will love some of these others. Maybe a little less remembered unless you're a clubber. Yeah. This guy uh, needs some yeah, grammar so help. See, I'm a clubber, no. unfortunately. What clubs is this guy going to? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I it, this, this is the heart of 90s rock to me, but... Yeah. We're not even mid-decade yet, so mm-hmm. I'm just misremembering history, I think. And all these songs are from the like 70s and 80s. 
<laughs> well, we haven't got to my favorite, the, oh, gin, no, the gin blossoms there is a, yet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Should we, let's go into the second track. Yeah, what's that? What's that? What's the track second two? track is um, Aerosmith, Dude Looks Like a Lady. Oh, boy. Man. I uh, have, live version. I have. <laughs> you yep. know, is this part in, in the movie, the concert? Yeah. I believe this is at the beginning. This is and from I wonder if this Wainstock. is. Yeah, so this was made for the film, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's them performing in the movie. I've always hey, hated Joe this Perry. song. I've always hated it. <laughs> this is um, it's a bit uh, transphobic, right? Yeah, well, when you think this doesn't of, age well. Like the Kinks did Lola in like 1970, yeah. which is a song that is like shocking in its kind of empathy, and it actually is like kind of a sweet song uh, yeah. in 1970. Yeah, yeah. And, and then that. like 18 years later, you have this like. <laughs> Song written by a bunch of idiots from Boston. It's like, gosh, <laughs> right. like a lady pulled out his dick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like even the the tone of it is jokey and weird. Yeah, and, he's uh, like, imagine my surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. I can't not relate that song to. Mrs. Doubtfire. It's <laughs> funny you say that. Inseparable. I was crawling through Wikipedia. Do I? Did you see this quote? So it was the uh, the, no, the writer, the writer of Mrs. Doubtfire, the screenwriter. Yeah. Uh, she was quoted as saying, "Without dude looks like a lady, there would be no Mrs. Doubtfire." <laughs> no, no, that's not real. Actually, I, I heard real. that song on the radio, and I, I had to pull over immediately. <laughs> I just start scribbling notes. Started taking meetings that night. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, there, there's another great um, Aerosmith live song coming up. <laughs> so stick around. Yeah, so stick around for the end of the CD. Aerosmith. It's our live Aerosmith podcast. In my mind, there's like one and a half good Aerosmith songs. Which, which is? Um, Dream On. Uh, Dream On. And then... Uh, half of Don't Want to Miss a Thing. <laughs> I mean that that no came... sweet emotion sweet, sweet emotion is my favorite yeah. and then dream on is like half good what about you Kim's know what gets in my head sometimes is early Aerosmith I'm back in the saddle again <laughs> oh. when I'm back how about that pink song from the 90s pink pink is my favorite, favorite color. color yeah is that then? later used yeah. on an oh, Eminem wow. commercial oh. <laughs> oh. it was just garbage like <laughs> cash in I'd like to. I liked their video game. Do you guys remember the Aerosmith video game? <laughs> no. Is that no. Sega Genesis? It, that era, but it was for the arcade, and it was like, you know, have you seen like the Terminator 2 Judgment Day video game where it's like the two mounted it's guns? It's got the guns. Yeah. You just yeah. like shoot. Oh, like, yeah. I, know, I remember thing. what you're talking about now. But you would shoot. It was like, yeah, like aliens or robots captured Aerosmith, <laughs> and then there was like a very early, like, you know, fucking. Uh, like take the disc <laughs> you shoot exploding discs oh right they're CDs yeah you're, yeah, shooting, you're CDs. shooting CDs at people oh, so the band that never met a license agreement they didn't love yeah well you know what that reminds me of is uh, is the rock and roller coaster at um, MGM Grand oh yeah oh, there's yeah. the ride we gotta go yeah the ride well when I was in <laughs> podcast field trip this dude. is a little it's this is something here. not on the IMDB um, I was a host of a science show in high school for NASA wow and there you a, heard it here first, an, folks. There's an episode um, about the maglev uh, technology used to launch the space shuttle, which is magnet. Mag- yeah. Electricity that helps yeah, yeah. the, you know, 
Now ex- explain to us like you, you did on the show. Uh, tell us about railgun <laughs> technology. And so this this um this roller coaster is powered by maglev technology. Oh, so, so like that was covers? a good enough excuse like the... for us to go down there and ride that ride all day long. And they had like the camera <laughs> mounted on the thing. It was really fun. And one of my favorite parts was it's going up, it's going up, it's going up, and then. And then you hear Aerosmith singing, going down. Oh, it killed me. No, but thanks for reminding me about that game. Oh, wow. Yeah, we got to find no, that. That's, that's my favorite Aerosmith um, <laughs> achievement. Oh, my God. All right. We're, we're, this will take us into the next track, which is um, Idiot, big piece Idiot Summer. Idiot Summer. Yeah. This oh, is yeah. Here the, it is. Here's the blossoms. Gin, gin, the blossoms. Great mix. <laughs> Again, appropriating the blues. <laughs> That's a great album name. It's <laughs> <laughs> classic gin blossom. I know, there's form. a certain amount of charm. Yeah. I feel like the, the actual Gin Blossom hits are so polished that they're terrible and unlistenable. Mm. But this one, it's like this has kind of a jangly like early REM thing that yes, it makes that's me feel like good about, about yeah. like the 90s. I don't hate this It's song. called Idiot oh. Summer. It's just a nice 90s sentiment. Yeah. yeah. It was an idiot it's summer. It's predicting that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, was, uh, what is that? Oh, I don't even want to go. There's like a... a Contemporary band that sounds kind of Bruce Springsteen-y, and they had a song called uh, "Idiot Summer" or something summer. Mm, ah, never mind. Look um, it up, so listeners. The blossoms. Call in if you know the answer. Call in, <laughs> yeah, gin blossoms. So, were you fast forwarding that track when you were driving around, or or were you into it? No, I like that one. Yeah, I kind of like, like that, that one, one too, because it had like, you know, I was early a guitar player at that time, so it had those open chords. I'm yeah. like, I could jam on that. Yeah, I'm into it. I remember there's this like thing in Fort Worth, Texas, where I'm from, uh, called Mayfest, and it's just like a lot of like outdoor booths and stuff, and like they would always have bands, but it's like basically like a, a fair, state fair type thing. And uh, a very sweet uh, friend of mine was like, "Hey, we're all going to Mayfest. I don't, I don't know if you want to come." And I was like 22 at the time. She was like. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, well, the Gin Blossoms are playing, if that oh. sways your opinion. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to stay home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, what do, what do we got now? Uh, let's see, track four is um, <clears throat> Superstar by the band Superfan. Oh, yeah, that's a great classic tune. Which is, I believe, Chrissy Hind from The Pretenders. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. Mm. Who does 70s it? gold. Yeah, Sonic who? Sonic Youth does that great cover of this too. But who does it originally? The Carpenters? The Carpenters? Oh, Carpenters. I, yeah, I thought it was Car- the Carpenters. It's Carpenters, yeah. right? Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, what a soothing track. Thank you. So that's like kind of was that might have been a cover for the soundtrack or something? Didn't Tommy Boy have that song in the soundtrack as well? Yeah, they, that was the one they were like, you, t- yeah. you can change it if you want to. Yeah, I mean, it's up to you, man. <laughs> I'm fine with your phone. And they're both screaming and bawling. Yeah, yeah. That was beautiful. Man. It's a great song. Yeah, it's a sweet song. 
That uh, that didn't do too much. That didn't change too much. Just added like heavier guitar, maybe. There is there is like a weird tendency in in these soundtracks from the '90s to hire contemporary bands to do a spot-on cover of a pre-existing song. Yeah, it's like whoever for, has for the no reason producing yeah. rights has like some song rights and they have a list and they're like, "What song do you I want think to it's put just, in this it's movie?" It's kind of like uh, somebody making the movie is probably like, "It would be we really want this uh, this this Carpenter song for this scene," and they're like, "Well." You know, it would bring a little heat. <laughs> and you're like, what? It's like, no, the Carpenter's song. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Garbage. what if it's a cover? And you're like, Garbage you're doing like, it. Okay, whatever. I think it's, I mean, I, th- I think the truth is far more sinister. I think, it's like a, <laughs> I think it's a cash grab. And like, hey, we can remarket this. And then like, we can get royalties to this band, which is, you know. Yeah, maybe. And there's, a, there's always the off chance that it hits. You know, yeah. there's like, um, yeah. like Cowboy Junkies built an entire career off of that Velvet Underground cover. Yeah. But uh, those are. But usually, you want to reach a little with a cover if you think it's gonna be a thing. Well, I've talked about this before, but like bands that their first big hit was a cover of like an already really good song, like Alien Ant Farm with Smooth Criminal, yeah. and you're like, yeah, uh, it's yeah. just a good song, and like you're. <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> you realize that the the Beatles and the Rolling Stones did like two records of all covers before they ever like did anything original. Yeah, I mean Elvis too, man. You know, yeah. he, I don't yeah. think he he was doing like old blues songs that white people hadn't Dude, heard yet. The original song uh, "Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog." Yeah, it was like is, Mama Cass or something. And it's like that? Um, no, not Mama Cass, oh, not, it, but it, not. it is something. Mama something, but mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's like. It's way better, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, it's like sludgier, and it makes more sense because it's about like a, a dude, a dude who's a real like sleazeball. A yeah, yeah. Instead of like Elvis just talking about a dog for some reason, <laughs> he's like, "You're a dog. Why is you're he angry n- this you're nothing dog? but a dog." And you're like, "Yeah, I know. It's a dog. What do you want? <laughs> what do you know about Elvis, man? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I know a thing or two. <laughs> for all the listeners at home, um. Was a child Elvis impersonator. <laughs> Nick, <Yes. laughs> Nick has a nice yeah, setup. You yeah. couldn't tell uh, listening to the podcast, but Nick asked the question, then he leaned deep back into his seat. <laughs> Take it away, man. <laughs> this is an alley oop. Turn to shade of red. <laughs> this is all scripted. This is all scripted. <laughs> Okay, uh... Wait, you would go to, like... But explain to the listener. <laughs> explain... Elvis, Elvis, who what is that? Tell the people at home who Elvis is. What did that entail, though? You would go to birthday parties and stuff? Elvis was the king of rock and roll flowing through me. <laughs> I'm simply the vessel. <laughs> I was the vessel during those years. No, I went to uh, hospitals, nursing homes, um, yeah, private parties, uh, moose lodges... You, you name it, I was there. I was there. Well, do you remember? Was there one memory that was like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> I think every single show at some point that flew through my mind. What was okay? So you had a set list. What was like the big? What were the big songs that you were doing? Yeah, what really brought down the house? You're like, I'll get them back with this. One. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't lose them. I mean, uh, tough crowd at the Moose Lodge. <laughs> yeah, or like in like a in a hospital or something. Like they, can't go they can't go anywhere. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what um, in was the it... ghetto was a nice ballad. Oh, in the ghetto, I like that one. In the ghetto, I was like, I'm gonna change. And his mama cried. <laughs> um, but the the end, I, I think the end. Uh, well, the beginning, I did the whole 2001 into CC Rider. Which was what he later did in his shows. The, oh, yeah. 
So this um, is, yeah. This I'm trying is to like think more, of how this show more, ended. Were, I can't really remember. You were like a, an older Elvis. You were like the fat Elvis. I did both. Oh, so I did young Elvis. You went young and then you went into pilly, pilled up. Like When we think about so, old Elvis, when you see him, it's like, oh man, old Elvis. He's like our age. So let me tell you, it was a 45... 45- no. <laughs> no he was, when he was in Vegas, he was like a lot younger than you think. Wow. Oh yeah, because he was like, well, late 30s. And everybody aged like in fast forward back then. Yeah. God. You'll appreciate this. It was um, Elvis, Conway Twitty, <laughs> Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, the Big Bopper, the Big Bopper, Jerry Lee Lewis, all on that plane that died. Is that <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable! They all flowed through all, me yeah. as a vessel. <laughs> um, what's the next song? All right, let's see. Uh, the next Enough song. Enough about my Is it previous Lace? Are we are we being Chantilly Lace yet? We've got I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. This oh, is classic. a classic, but this is actually a cover. It's also it a really? cover? Yeah. Famous cover? A famous cover. Uh, the cover that's more famous than the original. This song is almost more about the mixing than it is the song. It's guitars. Yeah. Great, great song. Yeah, great. Song. great. Joan Jett's great. Great record. Runaways, great. She was just on um, Marin's podcast. She was awesome. We don't talk about Marin on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You, don't, out. you don't say that name in this podcast. Com- Nick, that's the competition. Yeah. Shh. We're <laughs> it off on the airwaves. Here, you got to keep this song on for the chorus, right? Oh, uh, here we go. Yeah, let's get Bring saved, it up. guys. So, Van... Follow-up question. Do you love rock and roll? I would say like. I think I like rock Strong and roll. Strong like? Yeah. Okay. This is one of those songs... This might be the wrong podcast for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those songs that will be forever ruined uh, because all I can think of is the Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> I Love Rocky Road. <laughs> I didn't know that existed. All the uh, soda jerkers know my name. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> was that on Bad Hair Day? No, this that was way early. Okay. That was like, I mean, I had this VHS tape that was like all the uh, the big music videos that Weird Al did. Mm-hmm. I want to say that was off of like Eat It. <laughs> oh yeah, Eat, Eat it. it was his first big hit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, get yourself an egg, reheat it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my bo- my Bologna, <laughs> my yeah. Bologna was. Uh, I think that's the first one he got on the radio. It was right. like. Doctor, Dr. just kind of star, star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. The other day. I, I love Weird Al. I remember. So you were you were saying that for this wedding that you're that you're working that they wanted to hear. I think we're alone now, which uh, the Tiffany song. I think we're alone. Now. And the Weird Al version was, <laughs> I think I'm a clone now. Mm. <laughs> Also, the That's request for this wedding That's is, um, I got to write down yeah, the phrase, that is, that is no cover. Aerosmith allowed. No, no Aerosmith. Yeah, sorry, Aerosmith. Not going to be allowed at this wedding. You can't, you can't play You can't play three of the songs on the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys, this is all I brought to DJ the wedding. Wendell 2 soundtrack. Okay, what are we moving on to? We've got Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum. I love this song. It's a great song. Everyone loves this song. I think, and this was the first time I had ever heard it. Was this soundtrack. Oh, you're you're probably the only person that doesn't associate it with napalm dropping in Vietnam, <laughs> which is when they always use yeah. it in every movie. This was in a this was a montage scene in Armageddon too, right? It's like 
Armageddon as well, not the sequel to Armageddon. Beautiful <laughs> irony <laughs> in this song. It's um. I'm just putting the links together. The irony to of of the the gospel song with like the sludgy guitar, and written by a Jewish man. I want to know what was his intention. I mean, I want to know more about this guy. Uh, Norman Greenbaum. He was in like a like a freak rock kind of like psych band, and then this was a solo project, and he just kind of like felt like he wanted to write a gospel song. This was the this was his only hit for the most part, and he just lived off of royalties. It continues to live off of royalties from the song still today. And it, he gets wow. like, you know, 80 grand a year, and he's like, lives in this modest little cabin, yeah. and just like, never did anything else. He's like, fuck it. Got that song, baby. <laughs> I think... It's incredible. To be fair, I think he had a minor hit with his band before, and I think he produced some of the stuff here and there. But yeah. uh, but Norman Greenbaum is exactly as Jewish as he sounds, <laughs> and has never practiced Christianity. There's but that this song, great, uh, it's amazing, and it also, you know, ZZ Top kind of cribbed that for the Lagrange, Lagrange, which is a, a vastly inferior song in my mind, and about a whorehouse, mm. not a gospel song, not yeah. a gospel song, but probably a little bit more, like apropos to their lifestyle than Norman. Yeah. In the... <laughs> I'm not up on my ZZ. ZZ Top. ZZ Top. Do you remember the scene in Wayne's World 2 where that song is playing? I do not. It's the, uh, like the roadie training. Yeah. Where uh, Farley has the breakdown on stage. <laughs> it's pretty great. He's <laughs> getting yeah. drilled with a tennis Get ball. Get out of here. You don't belong here. <laughs> I've got no place else to go. <laughs> a lot of Farley. A lot of, uh, a lot of Aerosmith ties to Armageddon on this as well. You know? Mm, Steven uh, Tyler's got Steven his Tyler's. dirty Prophecy. fingers and everything. <laughs> you remember the uh, the guy that plays the uh, old British roadie, uh, Del Preston? Yeah. Is, that's like a role that he's reprising from that 70s uh, British movie, With Nell and I. Oh. It's, like, it, it's a different name, I think. It's like Danny the Drug Dealer is in With Nell and I, but it's like essentially the same character that he brought back to life for this movie. I just I almost ran into Richard E. Grant in Soho last week. <laughs> awesome from with Noah and I. Yeah, he was he he's looked amazing. frantic. He looked insane, <laughs> sweating. <laughs> no, he was like, you know, he's got that like uh, that hair that just goes straight up and back, and he was just like glaring at everybody and like <laughs> running through traffic. <laughs> Wait, uh, who is this guy? Uh, he's a character actor who's in everything. Yeah, you and, recognize him. Um, Say the name again. Richard E. Grant. Okay. He was. Uh, Recent, like he was the the bad scientist in Logan recently. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And I think he was in Girls for uh, for a few episodes. Who was he? Girls. I think he was <clears throat> the the British girl's dad. Oh, okay, gotcha. He's awesome. I assume that he's insane. <laughs> he just seems like a very crazy person. <laughs> Let's see what's our next track here. We've got uh, Dinosaur Junior with Out There. Oh, you guys know this yeah. song? Dinosaur Jr. Uh, again, guitars. This yeah. album is all about the guitars. <laughs> Dinosaur Jr. is one of those 90s like grudge bands that never soften their their sound. And they really embody like what kicked off grunge. I love Dinosaur Jr. They're pretty good. Oddly enough, when I was at the uh, Sundance Theater Lab last year, they were playing a gig there. Oh, wow. Talking about this Sundance? Huh? 
Huh? That's it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Sundance beanie. This was not very. It was not far away from here. Yes. In the Berkshires or something. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're pretty. I didn't realize they were still together. I feel like they. They never hit it big enough to be a nostalgia act. Well, their their vocals. You know, even on that song, it's like, I know you're out there. You barely hear him. <laughs> yeah. It's not really about that. And I think that's what people grab onto yeah. in a pop way. You know, they want something to sing. But the songs are cool. I don't know. Am I am I alone in this? No. no. I, dude, I'm, I'm a huge... That was one of those bands, like, my brother... It's like, never underestimate, like, the... Uh, the power of a cooler, older brother with a good music taste. You know what I mean? Like, he'd drive me to school and, like, put on Dinosaur Jr., and I was like, oh, this is what cool music is. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, he was way into him. And, like, yeah, I remember listening to uh, Growing All Over Me, that CD a lot, mm. or something like that. It's, like, got, mm-hmm. it's got a really disturbing cover to it. <laughs> it's like a skeleton growing on top of another skeleton. I was like, is this rock music? <laughs> Do you remember your first album that you ever purchased? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. It's Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Nice. Oh. Double disc. Oh, wow. I think, it up. Or like, I was penny. with my brother. Uh, and and, and twenty five like, ninety nine. That and Crash by Dave Matthews. So okay. the Ooh. opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> Dave. What about you guys? That's good. your first album. I remember my first CD. I don't really... Because I was deep into the K-Singles game. So yeah. I had a bunch of K-Singles. And a lot like of a, Weird Al K-Singles. <laughs> Sorry. No, I was like a lot of yeah. like... Uh, and then a lot of... I had a lot of tapes. Um, but I remember my first CD was Ace of Base. Nice. The sign. Nice. Which I think holds up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, they wrote one song. <laughs> Just made it into like ten different songs. Well, they it was they that was like the beat. first act that was produced by. Uh, it was like Max Martin's um, production house. It was it was his uh, his mentor whose name was like uh, Dennis Music or something. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. He was a guy who like he built that studio that that ended up producing in sync Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, oh, Aguilera, God. like the whole yeah. thing. Mm. Up until now, like they're 50 still number one singles. Yeah, and Ace of Base was the first, like yeah. the first project that hit. Is it Beautiful Life? Is that the one? No, that was the second album. That was the second album. The okay. first album was a sign, and All That She Wants was the that was my jam. Oh, that's it. Which is yeah, like a very slow Swedish dub. Nice. Dub beat. It's it's perfect. <laughs> All right, what are we uh, what are we heading to now? I can't move uh, we're about halfway through the album. Let's uh, let's take a break. Okay, let's take Bye. a break. Bye. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the track listing podcast. Uh, please like and subscribe, and make sure to rate and review on iTunes. That's important. Spotify, you can also find us there. Caleb, uh, we really appreciate it. And also, we're on social media. If you want to find us on Twitter, that is at tracklistingpod. And I think you can find us on Instagram. Instagram is tracklistingpodcast. And I think we actually might have an old-fashioned website. Oh, tracklistingpodcast.com. <laughs> and uh, no Facebook. <laughs> no. Facebook allowed. Sorry, Mark. Too old. You ruined our democracy! (laughs) Thanks for listening. We love y'all. Alright, we're back with Wayne's World 2 and more Van Hughes. I didn't get to add my album. Oh, thank you. Um, I didn't get to add my album, and that was Dookie. Green Day's Dookie. Dude, Dude, that was my first album. Was it? 
Same day was, uh, yeah, I bought Dookie and uh, Gangster's Paradise. I think I bought Dookie Ooh. and Hello Nasty in the same uh, warehouse Hello music Nasty. rung, the Beastie Boys. Oh, like, yeah. My brother gave me a bunch of Beastie. shit for buying Dookie, and I was like, dude, fuck you. And then, like, later he was stealing my CDs and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> Let's see. The next track we have is um, Mary's House by Four Non Blondes. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? This What's is one on? of those like fun B side. Do people know this song? <laughs> now was this the um, top hat with goggles on it era? You gotta look it up, but she had the uh, she would wear the top hat yeah. and then goggles were placed. It was very ste- steampunk before steampunk yeah. <laughs> grunge it, grunge punk but the, the inaccessibility of the goggles was what made me like because of the there's brim no, yeah, there's no way you could pull them down to use them and there's you would have to take you have to remove the top hat to use the goggles was this the video for the other famous song of theirs which was what was that one what's, what's, going, what's on? going on yeah. yeah she definitely has them in that video hey now I don't know if she uh, just had them Permanently. I'm sorry, Van. Did you say the other famous song? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Just the that was the one. The famous. I think song. that was the one. It might. Yeah. Mary's house is. I only know it from this out al- from this album. <laughs> from this album. Um. Yeah, that was all right. I, I felt yeah. okay about that song. Yeah. I mean, you have to be a fan of them, I think, to like that song. There's something about their their voices that uh that actually makes me kind of happy, and it's like pure nostalgia. I think. Yeah. For that for that time. They're rocking hard. Yeah. It's not bad. Wild Abandon. This not, is a, it's not good. What's their most famous song? What's, Four Non Blondes? Yeah. What's up? What's, what's oh, yeah. going on? Yeah. I don't know if oh, it's what's like, up. Is it what's up? What's up? Yeah, because uh, oh, it can't be called what's going on because that's the Marvin Gaye. Oh. But it's... The line is, what's going on? What's going on? This is a good karaoke. This is a great karaoke <laughs> song. Yeah, yeah. So you can see the uh, artist profile photo here is the... The goggles with, with the, the goggles. hat. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is that a good idea? It almost looks like a bonnet. It doesn't look like a top hat. You can't get away with that at all these days. Oh, it's kind of the floppy top hat. Okay. Okay. It's dressed like Jamiroquai's dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> that fuzzy blondes. fucking... It's something that um, it's going to come up a lot later when we listen to some later tracks in a much more extreme way. But when you listen to these 90s hits that you remember as being grungy and like... And you listen to them now; they're produced to like to within an inch of their lives. Like, yeah, everything is like clean, so and produced. Like, and you're like, and I think that's what happened is that once everybody signed their deal and they had like their one palatable song, and then they just got like rung through the the studio mm-hmm. and then put out, and it's like these things. You're like, this is like real because you know there was there was money in producing back yeah. then, and you're like, yeah. this is pop, like pure pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that song's pretty good. Yeah, it's like the death of the old studio system. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Last hurrah. The 90s. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, CDs were crushing it. I mean, it was like the most money-making time for record labels ever, right? But the, the like uh, studios, early... I mean. Oh, the studios. Gotcha. Yeah. Like the... Uh... <clears throat> Interns were driving, like, nice cars. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> yeah. I'm built on the back of, like... Poor suburban teens paying seventeen dollars for an album. Yeah. Like yeah. Idiots. You'd buy a CD just for like one track. Oh yeah. 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 And then like 
Five years later, people realize that CDs cost like three cents. <laughs> You're trying to sell them back. They're like, yeah, we'll give you 38 cents for this. 38 cents. <laughs> Let's see, Van, you know this next song? Uh, Golden Earring uh, with Radar Love. Oh, yes. yeah, baby. Yes. This Golden is, Earring, man. This Ultimate is, trucker song. Well, yeah, I, I associate this song with... Uh, oh, yeah. There was a, a late night radio show all about conspiracy theories coast to coast coast to coast am and this was dude oh i have so much to say about it was so good because that was so now conspiracy theories are disturbing because they've melded into political talk radio and everything's gotten like terrible because people like listen to shows and then they try to kill a politician yeah but back back then it was all about like x-files shit and it was great and this was one of the the lead-ins that was you know because it's about about radio, it's like late at night, everything, it's so good. Oh, yeah. It's murky. Me and my buddy Tim Sieber used to just, uh, we used to laugh our asses about, uh, laugh our asses off about Coast to Coast AM. Because okay, he, did, he did such a genius thing in that every call-in, he would just take at face value. So you'd have people like saying the craziest conspiracy theory about like, you know, uh, the tree people or whatever, and he'd be like, "Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, no, okay, I could see that." Yeah. <laughs> it's like everything is you're just like, "Yeah, nice. Thank you for your call." Yeah, like, cool. Thanks, he so never much. pushes back on anything, which is great. <laughs> it's a funnel. It's a fun track. This is a great song. It's, oh, yeah. it's also a Dutch band like doing their best version of American music. Golden Earring is Dutch. Dutch. Okay, because the they, brass. Yeah, got a little like blood, sweat, and tears, like Chicago. I think I downloaded this on Napster, but searched it as Red Hot Love. Back in the day, was like a lot of songs were like mislabeled and misattributed, and it was by they didn't even it wasn't even Golden Earring. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's a great song. It's very much in the Lagrange. Uh, it's like the same kind of bass line. It's like very easy top. Yeah, there's a great breakdown in that song too. Um, but yeah, Golden Earring also did what Twilight Zone. Oh really? I'm coming into the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it might be a little song. taste of Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, you guys know this one. I don't know if I do. You know this one? Don't know this song. Six a.m. Tight drums. <laughs> <laughs> He's got 10 million streams. Dude, it's a very popular song. I'm not. <laughs> you never heard it. It's 2 a.m. Oh, it's 2 a.m. Yeah, kind of. Thanks, Golden Earring. I don't think I've ever heard that. No, I've never heard that before. I know what I'm doing this week. I like I like that addition. Uh, I always forget that that's on Wayne's World, too. The Radar Love Radar thing. Love. That's, that's a fantastic That's a classic song. song. That's a, you know, when you're when you're driving all night. To My hands went on yeah. wheel. That's to literally the first line of the song. <laughs> that's like driving all night. You know when you're driving all night and your hands went on the wheel? Yeah, that's what. That's <laughs> you, you know that it's like some like Norwegian band when it's like way too like when you're driving your car. <laughs> there's there's like nothing anywhere. Yeah. The road's just straight for some reason. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but that's I was no dikes. Yeah. <laughs> no fjords. No fjords. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's always like 
that kind of they used to pass through my mind when like you drive like 40 minutes to see a girl at like 3 a.m. <laughs> You're just like, yeah. <laughs> Still, that's another lyric of the song, I think. <laughs> God, I'm getting too old for this. Let's see, what do we got next? Track number 10. Oh, I love this track. This is uh, Can't Get Enough by Bad Company. There you go. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> this, is our, this is our first album that, like, we're like, great song. Next, next song. <laughs> this, these are amazing. Well, that's, like, what I was talking about. That this is, like, a, an album of classics. Yeah, yeah. With a few notable exceptions. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at you, Jim Blossom. <laughs> a lot of covers. Oh, this is great. This is a scene with uh, Walk-In. Dancing with uh, is, Wayne's girlfriend. This is like the um, poorest mixed out of all of them because it's listen to this dry. Yeah, mix. it's just it sounds like they're hitting. He's hitting on like cardboard boxes. <laughs> <laughs> they were on um, Zeppelin's label oh, really? when they started releasing. Um, I think Physical Graffiti was the first one they put out under um, Swan Song after they had signed with Atlantic and Bad Company was an early band that they. That was on Swan Song. Mm. Yeah, great track. Love Bad Company. Yeah, they're good. I always like, for some reason, as a kid, confused Bad Company with Bad Finger. And as an adult, I, I was just doing that just now. I've become a and Finger Eleven. I'm a Bad Finger fan. Wait, what's Bad Finger? Bad, Who's finger, Bad finger. In the same way, it was, a, it was a band that was here. It is come and get it. They did a which was like, a Beatles song. Well, they were assigned to Apple Records. They mm-hmm. were, I think, one of the first. It was kind of a tragic story. They got screwed over by like three different labels, and uh, the two main guys killed themselves. <laughs> oh Jesus! But a great, great kind of like. Um, like late seventies, they got a little bit um, like AM rocky at the end, but it's pretty good. All right, what do, what do we? I don't know anything about out. Bad Company though. What, what is... Bad Company is a little more kind of bluesy. Yeah, that's what uh, I see. Yeah, that's what I think them to be. But I could be wrong. And the Zeppelin bit, <laughs> the Zep bit, Zep bit. The next track is kind of Zeppy. This is um, Frankenstein. The Edgar Winter group. I love this track. Edgar Winter, the albino, comes up on every single podcast for some reason. So far, so good. <laughs> Everybody at home, take a shot. All oh, right, this is at the beginning of the film. This is the yeah. intro credits. This was the first time I had ever heard this. Was on this podcast? Uh, on this podcast? No, <laughs> on, on this album. And I remember just wanting to learn the drums. This is this, he's just tearing it up on this track. This song is some real proggy nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> it Do goes you? on forever, <laughs> yeah. and it's one of those songs where, when I think about it, when I remembered it, it's like famous for the bass line, and it feels like this big, like heavy song. You know, like you're driving in your like '70s car and you listen to this big heavy. But when you listen to it, it's like very dry. There's a lot of like space. And everybody's yeah. just fucking Ooh. dicking around. It's almost like <laughs> Frank dicking around. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's kind of zappy. Yeah. It gets yeah. It's yeah, like, it's, it's, it's like a, tr- a prog nerd. You're right. It's, it's <laughs> proggy nonsense. You're right. And that's I read the reason it's called Frankenstein is form. because it was a mashup of it. Yeah, a bunch of jams and all these like weird things just stuck to. And it, there's there's a big dead period for like three and a half minutes. It's this, right? No, no. It, it gets like real it bad. It deader? Well, I think there's different versions. There's like a radio version, like a full version. But at a certain point, they like, 
there's like weird like bass like solos and a little no, bit wait, of like tinkling around the drums. And then it, it gets to the point where everybody gets <laughs> so worn out and they're like about to turn it off and then it comes back with the bass line and you're like, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Didn't oh, you d- do a uh, video of this, Nick? Oh, yeah. I just had <laughs> Nick has a lot of videos of him playing guitar parts. That was a, um, a guitar transcription company I worked for for a while that uh, weaseled us all out of money. <laughs> <laughs> but you're shredding your face off in like yeah, six different simultaneous videos. An instructional video for this song. <laughs> where, can, where can we see this, Nick? If you search uh, Frankenstein uh, in my name, Nick Lagrasta, it'll pop up. It's got like 40,000 views or something. <laughs> it's crazy. Shred. I look weird. It's from like 10 years ago. I'm like clean shaven. Yeah. But it's a lot of different guitar, guitar parts. Boy. Yeah. Wait, so uh, it's great. Which which version did you do? How long was that song? Because I think that there's versions of the song that I think maybe I did the whole song. <laughs> eight eight minutes? Twelve minutes? How long is Frankenstein? Uh, Frankenstein is total four forty four. That's got to be the like the radio edit, the abridged version. It could be. Let's see how long the one is that uh, yeah, I performed. You look up yours. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little googling over here. So there's a Frankenstein on Wayne's World one. anybody anybody know who sang that Frankenstein tune? That is uh, Alice Cooper. One Alice Cooper. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Frankenstein. <laughs> Which what thoughts on Cooper? Like it, respect? Uh, yeah. I never, I never got into it. But I'm kind I, of I, ignorant I of it, really. Here we go. This is you. Yeah. This is uh, yeah, doing all the sax parts. Nick Lagrasta. <laughs> deet, 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 deet. Absurd. Yeah. This yeah. is now playing in a hotel lobby. <laughs> <laughs> Check out that video. Oh, it's got twenty-five thousand views. So how long yeah. is that? Thank you for. That is total three forty-eight. So I may have cut one of those uh, bass solos <laughs> short. So I'm seeing a version of the Frank- session for Frankenstein that here that's uh, nine minutes and nineteen. But that might that might be live. That might be a live no, version. No one's, no one's calling you a liar, man. I'm sure just there like, is like a twelve-minute version. <laughs> just picture them fighting with the producer when they're making that song. He's like, "We've got to cut this track down. We're out of tape." You know, no just getting into fist fights. Like, look, Bohemian Rhapsody was 14 minutes. <laughs> you can do. You guys aren't Queen. <laughs> <laughs> this is an instrumental, for God's sake. There's no vocals, Edgar. <laughs> one, of, one of you looks like a vampire. <laughs> All right. Oh man, oh, that's insane. Yeah, great, great song. Great, great, great <laughs> record. <laughs> It's a great song. It's iconic. Like, I, uh, yeah, you're right. Iconic. I don't know if it holds up. It's an iconic moment for music. Yeah. <laughs> then you want to uh, introduce this next uh, little gym here <laughs> wow so this is our third and final Aerosmith song and it's and it is indeed live uh, <laughs> Ooh, another live yes. one yes it's a, little, it's a little track I like to call shut up and dance <laughs> those vocals are in tune It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's unlistenable, his voice on all of these. This is the end of the movie. This is, uh, he's leaning into the crowd. Shut up and dance. I'm going to say two things. This is not a dance song. <laughs> mm-hmm. And 
The man singing does not dance. <laughs> no, what does he shut up? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Stephen Tyler. Yeah, the, the Aerosmith contribution to this is probably the worst part of it, I guess. Well, imagine well, the other bands that they were, you know, were probably trying to tap in that process. They're just like, oh, we got Aerosmith. Yeah. Well, what's like? It was the, always like their favorite band. Yeah, yeah. Ske- I was say, SNL sketch. Yeah, yeah. They were always sort of toting Aerosmith. Uh, and yeah, like Cooper in the first movie was like, that was that seemed to be a weird. I was like, that doesn't really seem like something they would be into, these two guys. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a little before their time. Mm-hmm. Actual Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, maybe. But right. Oh, yeah, but they're characters. kind of playing like... God, Aerosmith are just turds. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's my... a bunch of turds out there, man. Yeah, it's, it's wild that they exist. These <laughs> <laughs> <Just> Boston goblins. <laughs> they, the wild thing is that they somehow survived every era that's, of that... rock and got worse. <laughs> yeah, they every, stayed relevant every, every somehow decade, to culture. They somehow pinged around and found like a, a worse little pathway. Living on the edge. Uh, well, that's yeah. That's what I'm so fascinated by. Janie's like, got a gun. They were around that, for so long. so long, and then like <laughs> I mean, like top you know VH1 music lists. They honestly know? probably became more successful every decade. Yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, uh, oh my god Armageddon man. soundtrack man I'm gonna bring it up again that I remember goddamn garbage song that, <laughs> I, that came out at the right time that was like the last song they would play at middle school dances for us and so I remember <laughs> oh like, yeah I remember like that crying listening to that <laughs> you know, just like this song's so amazing I was like tearing up you know dancing with a girl trying to conceal my boner just like, <laughs> that song it's is okay, a boner Chris, killer here's a little soundtrack for your <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is like Oh wow! Man, Steven Tyler really does look like a bastardized Urban Outfitters mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> the alien version. <laughs> wow, what an intro! Very old this Hollywood is military. Ceiling. Yeah, this is saluting boners the rising. <laughs> boners rising. <laughs> boners rising. And now I'm dancing. I remember it's the director's cut. This is one of those songs that was written by a professional songwriter, like this woman who wrote all these pop hits. Like yeah, Diane Warren. Diane Warren. Diane Warren. Yeah. No. So this is like has nothing to do with Aerosmith. Yeah, not at all. Except it was for, in fact cut by another artist the same year, Mark Chestnut, the yeah. country singer. Well, oh, it, yeah. it couldn't have been a coincidence that it was his daughter was in the movie. So I think that's the tie-in. Oh yeah, and there's a lot of creepy videos with. <laughs> oh man, I don't even want to open that. <laughs> you know who raised her was uh, who raised her was Todd Rundgren. What he? Oh no shit. He was dating her mom when Steven Tyler was being Aerosmith and going. When he wasn't being a dad, he was just doing that instead. Todd Rundgren nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he's on Todd. I love Todd. Good job, Can't Todd. Is that two Ds on that, Todd? Two <laughs> yeah, yeah. D, Todd. What? It's a two D, Todd. <laughs> yeah. What's the last song on this uh, soundtrack? Chris? Are we down to the last song already? We have What's arrived the la- at the last. What's song? the last song on this? Why are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> because there's no way you could you could guess. Oh, you're, what you're this trying to guess um, a song that needs really no introduction. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, is I think it the, I think it actually does need introduction. <laughs> is it the uh, theme song for Noah's Arcade? <laughs> Close. Deep cat. Very close. 
There oh we go. no! <laughs> oh, of course the, the. They actually put this on. Well, they had to, man. It was a huge part of the movie. It was like a 15-minute uh, sequence in which they like ran onto stage accidentally and like were able to play. They stumble into the uh, the toolbox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually, so there's an interesting thing about the death of disco, <laughs> which is there's a lot of people. There's like two two different scapegoats. One is just like general racism and homophobia. And then one is that it was so pervasive that there were a bunch of like kitschy joke disco songs. Yeah. Everything was disco. There was like a disco duck song that like charted. I like disco duck. Uh, I love <laughs> I love disco. Disco is like some of my favorite music. And I hate this song so much. It's just so kitschy yeah. and like it's not a dance song. It's, it's like to fucking, march around. It's a family reunion song. Yeah, it, exactly. It's, it's a parade. It's a, we, it's a wedding it's song. Educational. Well, it's, but it's the funniest fucking song ever because they were singing about going to the YMCA That's to get the gay sex. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody in the world is like, ah, this is the most wholesome song ever. Play it at you know the the christening for the baby. <laughs> is that what happened? That's what it's about. <laughs> wow. That's what it's about. Our world is fun. Young man, young man, go to the YMCA because there's a bunch of closeted dudes hanging out in the locker room. I mean, there was a lot of that in disco, like the uh, Niall Rogers famously wrote the uh, the song uh, I'm Coming Out yeah. for uh, Diana Ross. Yeah. And like, so she was she was pretty religious still at the time, and he sold it to her as like it's about like you're going out for the night or whatever. Yeah, debuting like, to society. Like, great, great. Coming out. Yeah. And then they released it, and she was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> it's about being gay." He's like, "I don't know." And it was a huge hit, and that's like that's one of my favorite songs. That song is bananas. Yeah, it's amazing. Bananas, good. Why so YMCA many... is terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. It's really bad. But I mean, you can't not. Who could have liked them? I don't understand the context of liking them at that time. <laughs> the village people. Yeah. I mean, it was like a. It was Macho like a kitsch. Man. I mean, it was like a. a yeah, I it was mean, kitsch. It was a, a, a. I don't know, like a one-hit sort of. No, but because the, they had in the navy. And Macho Man. And Macho Man, all yeah. terrible songs. Terrible songs. They I all mean, look, it, um, look like characters from Tim and Eric bedtime stories. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite's the cowboy. Can we bring up a picture of that well, cowboy? They're, they're all dressed cowboy. as specific gay fetishes, which is awesome. Yeah. Kind of like in a Judas Priest. Like, I yeah. went up there, like, and all these straight guys didn't notice that I was dressed, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so that's, like, kind of funny and subversive, but the music is just so cornball. Yeah. I hate it. It wouldn't be fair if I didn't mention that I played the construction worker in the YMCA um, tribute band portion. I'm not kidding. When, when I went to uh, Japan in high school. So I was 16 years old, and we did a, a review of 100 years of song and dance music. And when we got to the 80s, it was this. And like right after us was the Spice Girls. You know, It was like that kind yeah. of thing. And, and which, I, which, I was running up and down the aisles in Japan with my shirt undone <laughs> and, a, and a, like a hard hat on. Now, which Spice Girl were you? That's the, that's uh, the weird question. What, what do you think? <laughs> Scary Spice. <laughs> no, those were females. Oh. Uh, wait, what year was YMCA? Do we know? I, th- I, thought, I thought it was like late 70s, but was it... Yeah. 78? 78. Yeah. 
interesting. Yeah, that was right when everything was falling apart. Yeah, discos. <laughs> just hanging on by a thread. Oh, my God. Let's just, yeah, I mean, I think that kind of goes with anything. It's like once it becomes so perfect. It's the same thing that happened to stand-up comedy in the 90s. It was like, it was everywhere. Like, Kellogg's released their VHS stand-up comedy hour, you know? Like, the Pop-Tart comedy hour. And then you're like, okay, this is... Yeah. Now, it's not fun when your grandma's in on it, too. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, well... This is done. <laughs> well, that's like um, that's like our parents' generation on the computer ruining the election, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I they guess. fucked it all up. Yeah, they fucked it up. So the, you, no, that, oh, don't get me started on the boomers. Yeah, <laughs> I like going to tirade about the boomers every episode too. <laughs> all right, went off so on the boomers last night the, actually. The goddamn boomers, <laughs> they ruined it. All right, uh, Van. At the end of every episode, we like to give a little bit of a re- like final review person by person on how we feel about the album oh, yeah. we just listened to. Before we get to that, yeah. and I won't oh, wait, take it, I won't take got, it personally. We've got some pieces. Uh, I pulled some uh, of the other tracks that are in the movie that uh, I guess just didn't make it to the soundtrack. Which is in those Amazon reviews. Which, some of these are great. <laughs> some of these are great songs. We should just get like a little snippet of some of them. Okay. All right. Um, All right. Couldn't get the uh, rights. Couldn't get the rights. Oh, hey. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Hey. This is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. For the people at home, who sings this song, Caleb? This is uh, New Order, the band that uh, <laughs> that Chris mis- misidentified as a super group because their lead singer died. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> That's what a super group is, isn't it? You mash up all the good parts of it and then it becomes a super group. Uh, no, this is it's an amazing it's song. It's fantastic, which segues really nice into... Um, <laughs> I remember this little track from the living room scene. Is this when Garth's getting seduced by Kim Basinger? That's right. What a babe. <laughs> Ooh. God, what a babe. She's just basically trying to get Garth to murder her husband. <laughs> <laughs> she was so good in this movie. Dude, she was so great. Like, oh, I just don't know what to do. <laughs> Take this gun. <laughs> <laughs> Honey oh, Hornet. Yeah. <laughs> I love Joe Beam. I was just in a record store yesterday, and they were playing some... Uh, I mean, it's hard to tell Joe Beam, Stan Getz, like, it all kind of bleeds in. Some Bossa Nova record. And as we were leaving, Steph's like, I really like that I, I should stamp it. I was like, we should have we bought it. It's a record <laughs> store. They were playing a record. We could have bought it. <laughs> yeah. It's no ghoul from Ipanipa. <laughs> <laughs> you may remember this track by Stereo MCs, I'm Step a, It Up. I'm a huge which is great. Stereo MCs fan. This is when they stumble into the... The, uh, the toolbox. The toolbox. I had this tape, and it was one of the few tapes I had where the, the oh, cassette was white for some reason, and it was so sick. And this is like front to back a really good album. Really? I mean, it's stereo it's, MCs. Stereo MCs. It was like I think they were British. You know, it's kind of a trip hoppy thing, and it's a very genre specific, but it's fucking good. Connected was their their kind of nominal hit, and there was a few other really good songs on there. Cool. Also got some other classic songs here. Mm. Oh, yes. Ooh, more gin blossoms. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is late gin blossoms. This is late gin blossoms. <laughs> now, somebody did a big cover of this song. Yeah, right? it was um, Pentatonics. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was in the yeah. '90s. It was like. Um, Oh, the Lemonheads? Lemonheads. Lemonheads. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Was, that, uh, wow. Ev- was that Evan Dando? Was Very the... Lemonheady. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's exactly what we were talking about earlier. Like, yeah, they covered this song and that was their one hit. And you're like, duh. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Talk about soundtracks. <laughs> the graduate soundtrack. Can never do it. Too good. Too good. Graduate movie, what do we think? Where do we stand I think it's up? fucking pretty good. Really? Yeah. I remember kind of watching and be like, why, what was the big fuss? But um, <laughs> people were like, there's never been a movie like this. So It's true. But it's like one of those things where... It was a trendsetter. I yeah. think I was expecting it to be a lot less kind of nihilistic than it was. Yeah. Oh, and of, oh, course, of course this. Yeah. This is in made Wayne's famous World by Wayne's World One. One, yeah. You, you get a little sees. snippet of it in two when he thinks back to Cassandra. What's her, what's her real name? Tia Carrera. Tia mm. Carrera. What a babe. Sorry. <laughs> she, she'd give a dog a bone. <laughs> Swing. Swing. <laughs> We've also got a little bit of uh, some what, 60s. What happened to Tia? Why, why didn't, she didn't do much after Wednesday. Some TV too. acting? Something like that. Yeah. Was this when they're meeting the the, uh, the rocker guy? Maybe? I think this is when they're starting to set up for the uh, festival. Uh, uh, people starting to show up and no one's there. There's bad red rope licorice going around. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we know anyone that went to Wayne's Dock. Because there's a ton of extras in that. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, if you know someone that attended Wayne's Dock, uh, call in or comment on one of our Yelp reviews, as is the preferred way to contact us. Thanks for that, Jimmy. That was not on the tribute album. <laughs> the, no, there was Jimmy, oh, right. Yeah, that we, we did a Jimi Hendrix tribute album, and no, he, there was a Hey Joe. That was the Body Count one, right? No. Oh, I can't remember. Anyways, so are we gonna, <laughs> what? It's not. No, no. rating. Let's not dig down into that. Uh, <laughs> you have to dig back in the archives. So, Nikki, out of fifteen decimal points allowed. <laughs> How would, you, how would you rate this? Rate this out of 15. How would you rate this record? With decimal points. I would give the Wayne's World 2 soundtrack a 6.8. 6. 6.8. That is a... Out of 15. That is a mildly negative review. Yeah, that's, a third, that's a third of the score. That no, that's expecting. a little under a half, right? I think it's mostly just because of over that, that live Aerosmith. Man, just <laughs> cancels it out. <laughs> yeah. Just a mistake. But it's got some redeeming songs on there. Uh, Nick Nick spent some time in Boston, so that's probably affecting the review. (laughs) Yeah, it's very personal. Nick's hatred of Boston (laughs) runs so deep, (laughs) and you've spent way more time there (laughs) than any one of us here. (laughs) Um, I would probably give this maybe a nine. And that's with the time you spent in Boston? I spent some time in Boston. (laughs) I think... uh, I went to college there. We live in an era where you could very easily just like un untick the Air- the Aerosmith songs on the playlist. I think that Gin Blossom song is actually pretty good. Dinosaur Junior is good. Like the the weird contemporary ones are good, and then there's a couple classic of songs that I that I actually legitimately love to listen to. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a pretty good. It's if it was, I'm dinging it because it's like a classic rock playlist. Yeah, yeah. But it's just slightly bad enough to do in this podcast. Like we couldn't do, like uh, you know, like the Forrest Gump soundtrack where it's just hit to hit. 
just because that would be boring. Fortunate son for so we, seven. We need seven songs. We need the Aerosmith in there for this podcast. It's well, the Aerosmith. It's hilarious, and it reminds you that you're listening to Wayne's World. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, Wayne's World is synonymous with Aerosmith. You know what I mean? Like you can't think about one without the other. <laughs> it's so absurd. All right. I'm, oh, cool. I'm, what do you think, Chris? I'm giving it a twelve point seven. Oh guys. my god! It, come like, on. What do you want? Yeah. What do you fucking want? I want yeah. less Aerosmith. <laughs> Like, think about, okay, you know, think about when this was on the shelves. This is a, a great compilation of a lot of different stuff in an era of CDs in which, like, you would have to switch. I mean, think about, this is, this is pre-burn CDs, guys. So, like, you would have to, like, th- this, a compilation History like this would not. I mean, but think about it. Like, Tell the people at home what burning CDs is. <laughs> What's the science behind What's the burning CDs? I, like, I do... You know what I'm saying? I, like, this I probably, would be a great thing to put on as like a 14 year old, yeah. uh, where you like smoke a joint and like hope your parents are already asleep. You I, know what I, mean? probably, I probably should have rated it higher in that the the filler songs, the ones that aren't the huge songs, are actually surprisingly good. Yeah, except for the Aerosmith. And like 12 point, yeah. I, maybe I maybe I go higher. Well, let's not know. forget Robert Plant singing Louis Louis. Starts <laughs> oh, us off. let us never you know forget. What? You know what? <laughs> you know, we do. <laughs> I'm going to flat 12. Then. <laughs> <laughs> round, round down. Round down. Round down. Round it down. Round down. All right, I don't think we have to force Van uh, to rate his own recommendation. Oh, really? It was a if fine. You, thank you, know, thank you, Van, for bringing it. Yeah, that was great. Thank you. What a blast. Yeah, that was good. That was a little trip down memory lane for me. Where can our listeners find you and follow you on social media? Well, before we before we get to the plugs, right. we do have our recommendations. We do. So for this week, the theme that we choose for our sequel song, since this is it's actually our second sequel that, uh, soundtrack that we're reviewing, but there's not much else like of a through line, except for maybe your favorite Aerosmith song. We're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so... Uh, who wants to start off with their recommendation for their their sequel song? I mean, mine's gonna blow everybody out of the water. So. I think you should go last. Okay, Nikki, do, last. You, uh, <laughs> do you want to go? Sequel songs. Um, I have I have two actually. I have a, oh my god! <laughs> ones we don't even have to play it, but uh, well, in my mind, I had remembered the uh, Marvin Gaye song from the Boogie Nights soundtrack. Got to give it up as Got to give it up part two, but it's in fact Got to give it up part one. Oh. <laughs> and, there's, and there's never a part two? Was there a part two? I don't think there was a part two. I don't think two. there was a part two. Marvin Gaye. <clears throat> Quiet on the set. Where is, but this is one, my this favorite is prequel two. song. Okay. Yeah. It might be in reference to there's an extended version that might have been like on the other side of the single or something. Because it keeps going. Oh, the one that has the uh, saxophone solo in it. <laughs> it just yeah. keeps going and going. No, this is the uh, the cover of the uh, Blurred Lines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stripped yeah. off of Blurred Lines. Marvin Gaye stole this from yeah, Marvin Gaye. Blurred Lines would have been a good sequel song. <laughs> they did sue and win. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Which is yeah, like, it was a landmark case. It was uh, like the scary. first case that um, had to deal with like copywriting a groove. Yeah, it's pretty it's amazing. Like, the, the essence of this song was stolen, which is like, well, that's gonna hinder some creativity, man. I'm mm-hmm. not a big fan of copyright. Uh, copyright twerk, oh, but insane, I will man. say that the first time I heard Blurred Lines, I was like, oh, it's like that's that Marvin Gaye song. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they knew it so much. Like, they started, like, po- like before they even released the song, they started, like, consulting with lawyers, because they are like, ah, I gotta, I gotta come after us on this one. <laughs> Alan, Alan Thick, you know, he was protecting that, uh, that, what was the show? Step, 
No shit. What was the show that Alan Thicke was on? Three's Company. No, 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 no. no, no, no. It was a. Uh, it wasn't Family Matters. It was Family Ties. Family no. T- I think it was Family Ties. No, it was Growing Pains. Growing, growing pains. pains. Yeah, growing he, he pains. had that growing pains money that you know that <laughs> Marvin Gaye's estate would love to get their hands on. <laughs> it's also weird that you know Alan Thicke wrote that with his son. It was about like you know a pretty creepy subject. <laughs> um, okay, so for my pick, I'm gonna do Ashes to Ashes by David Bowie. Okay, which is is kind of a follow up to his first hit, Space Oddity. Because it's another song about Major Tom. It's actually so it was off of the album uh, "Scary Monsters and Super Creeps," which was kind of a actually like every song on there is kind of a, a reworking of an earlier hit of his. Like there's a song that's basically heroes but worse, and there's a song that's like uh, golden years but worse called Fashion. But this, I think, oh, is yeah, the fashion. one. I think Ashes Ashes is actually better than Space Oddity. I love this song. Yeah, it's a great. I mean, I what, love you, a lot what, of is, what does this song mean to you? Is this the death of Major Tom? I think it's it's all about the ending of the '70s and kind of, you know, in in 1979, 1980, like you were just like everything that we believed in. It's like Trump is going to be president in like decades. Yeah. It's like you kind of saw under the veneer. Of the space age, oh god! But you could actually uh, there's, a, it's not a great song, but it's kind of funny to listen to uh, David Bowie "Teenage Wildlife" off of the same record, because it's it's like such a slightly worse version of Heroes. Interesting. <laughs> Let's get a cut off of that. But album. it's like it's it's all it's like self like in the even on the back of the album, there's like collaged his earlier album covers are like kind of painted over. So it's all very self-conscious and cool. Interesting. Uh, but this has, you know, the, that's like the hero's guitar. Right. And then, uh, you know, actually there's a third song kind of about Major Tom that he did in like 95 called uh, Hollow Space Boy, <laughs> which was not a hit. Because I think people were like, all right, you get two. You can't talk about Space Boy. <laughs> Hollow Space Boy was like the Alien 3. Yeah. It was like the letdown of the, of the, like you're just the trilogy. Doing a, you're just doing a victory lap now, man. Come on. Oh, boy. But Ashes to Ashes. And it's also oh. a great video dressed as a clown. Chef's kiss. It's the best time. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out. I don't know <clears throat> Ashes to Ashes. It's, it's fantastic. Bum, bum, bum. Um, I've got uh, so my first one. Uh, type in "Chubby Checker." Let's twist again. Let's twist again. Oh wow! This is a great one. They famously did this in um, the beginning of the second season of Mad Men. They yeah. licensed "Twist Again" as like they, it was, so the music starts like when the first episode. I think. This is uh, this is the next year after. So you know, let's do the twist. But, <laughs> it's the same shit. My, 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 uh, my buddy and I, uh, uh, Mitchell, a very good comedian, Mitchell Clemens, uh, had a great stand-up bit about this, and we were kind of chopping the joke. He was like, yeah, he had a hit last summer, and was like, hey, let's see if we can do that again. <laughs> same track. That. Same track. <laughs> same song. I would, uh, I would listen to Despacito again. Really? <laughs> yeah, just a little, little Despacito tweet. again? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, different words. And the... the <laughs> Words on there. We fucking won a Grammy for this one, <laughs> and not the first one. Is that right? You won a Grammy for that song. Wow. 
Which is, ah, what a genius. You know, a lot of people say that Twist Again is the Godfather 2 of pop music. <laughs> yes, the, the Dark Knight uh, part example. Uh, it is a better song, I think, than the first one. <laughs> it's slightly, maybe it's better. Maybe it's better produced. I don't know. I don't, I don't care, but it's amazing that Chubby Checker did it. That and, is, uh, yeah, that is one of the most literal sequels. Actually, no, because I actually know what your real pick is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is this a sequel is that stands out for a few different reasons. It is it is one of my favorite things in the world. Um, my friend Giovanni told me about this, and I, it, I've become obsessed with it. Uh, Danny Aiello, who is what's what's one of he's a, an actor. He's, he's an, an actor, a, not uh, a singer. <laughs> he's not a singer. He was in Do the Right Thing. Do right? the Right Thing. Uh, he, a lot he, of mob movies. Yeah, he sort of plays just like a racist he's Italian a, guy. He's an Italian stuff. Queens guy. Yeah, and and he's a great character actor. I think this is hilarious because this is a, a sequel song by a different artist than the original. Correct. So a, a little background. <laughs> this is uh, this is Danny Aiello. Papa just wants the best. <laughs> And in the Madonna music video for Papa Don't Preach, he plays the dad. Papa Don't Preach. Papa Don't Preach. Huge hit. Big hit. And then he plays like the angry dad that's like, you don't have a baby in my house. I don't know. I don't know what he's mad about. <laughs> like, like, no, I mean, I do know. He's, he's mad. Uh, his, his daughter's like marrying yes. some, some greaser on he's, the other He's side. like the, the Staten Island mook who's like yeah. angry at his, his pop, you know, at Madonna. <laughs> But this is a... And Danny Aiello, for the record, has nothing to do with the song Papa Don't Preach. No, no, the he was re- just recording. a paid actor in the music video. <laughs> and he came out with an unauthorized sequel about his perspective on like, look, I'm just... Let's listen to a few... That's so great. So it's from the point of view of the papa trying to find his pregnant daughter. This is unbelievable. City. <laughs> it is, it's, it's amazing. Culture clash. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I, I want the, the hook to go. Uh, don't you do that. Oh! Wow. We're all at a loss of words. It's a fully Everybody. produced music video starring Daniel Yellow. There's like a woman wearing the Madonna's jacket that you just see like the arm like running away and stuff. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple of times he like puts his arm on the back of somebody and he's like my baby and she turns around and it's like another actress you know? <laughs> and, like, and then at the very end there's a happy ending there is an arm that touches Danny Aiello and you're led to believe that's uh, that's Madonna you know but she was not she did not appear in the music video is this why they always make fun of him on Family Guy <laughs> and the size of his penis or something. I don't, there's a there's a lot to make fun of with Danny. I was gonna like say he was, he's kind of a crazy person too. Yeah, he's kind of a nut. But the that fact that is, it is that seems so fame hoary to do that. <laughs> Be like, I was cast as the dad in this song that went viral before things went viral, and, and gonna, now I'm gonna try to capitalize on that. Somebody write a song. Somebody get those synth patches she used. Pull it back. Let's up. get back into session. Back up. See, I, I always thought of it as like, well. You know, I, what about my side of the story? <laughs> the dad's side. I, I, I disagree with what Madonna said. Yeah. But also, made at a time when, like, that cost thousands of dollars. Like, you couldn't just go out with the camcorder and shoot this. This was, like, what, early tens. 80s? Tens of thousands. Yeah. And so, like, there's a whole... There's, like, a... a yeah. <laughs> there's a craft services table. I'm trying to think of, like... I'm trying to think of, like, the woman from Thriller, like, writing a song about the, like... 
scared of her boyfriend. Like, I, I still laugh for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you're, you're not even a singer. <laughs> I just want to tell my story. Anyway, sorry. Papa That's, wants the best. Papa just wants the best. Papa wants the best, which so is actually That's still crazy. in the running for the name of our podcast. Yeah, Papa, <laughs> Papa's, just, Papa's just want the best. Welcome to Papa's just want the best. <laughs> From our soundtracks. Thank you, Giovanni, my my good friend, for turning me on to that. We're going to try to have you on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that was a pretty good episode. Van, do you want to talk about anything you're working on? I know that you're doing some soundtrack work on film. Well, um, there's an album that is slated to appear on vinyl mm. in April of this year, 2019. Um Coming out on uh, Death Waltz Records, my soundtrack for Sequence Break. Oh, wow. It sounds similar to this. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't it. But, uh, um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. That's my, my birthday month. Nice. I'm really excited about uh, spinning some weird sounds into everyone's ears. And that's Graham Skipper's movie, correct? Yeah, Graham Skipper's movie, Sequence Break, that's on Shudder. Yeah. And um, I made kind of a tangerine dream kind of synthy score to it. Hell yeah, man. Very cool. Well, Check that out, yeah. Thank you, Van, for, yeah, for joining thank you, us. Van. Thanks, thanks for having me. It was really it was, fun. Thank you, everybody, time. for listening. Yeah. Play us out, Gary Wright. To play us out. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.